0: Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen for The Weekly Dish. And Lake Winds isn't just great natural food. They're also a great resource for recipes and cooking tips. Our listeners can visit lakewinds.com to see videos of local chefs making some of their favorite dishes. You know Chef Yevang he made duck, showcasing the flavors and techniques of his family's Hmong cooking. And Chef Maurice Wallace demonstrated how his restaurant, Breaking Bread, brings comfort food classics like black and catfish together with healthy sides, like sweet potato puree, quinoa, and roasted beets and chef Austin Bartold prepared a dish that brings local Ojibwe staples like walleye and wild rice with tasty healthy additions from around the world like ginger and pineapple and one of my favorites cookbook author Beth Dooley made a seasonal salad using roasted squash toasted hazelnuts and wheat berries and she baked then a parmesan crisp made with hazelnut flour you can learn more about these dishes and the chefs who made them at lakewinds.com slash chef videos
1: Good morning everybody. Welcome to my Talk 1071. This is the weekly dish and I am Stephanie March and I'm being joined by this weekend you guys by Miss Elizabeth Reese. Good morning. Good morning, friend. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm so good. Good. It's um, a cool, I kind of do it is I do sort of miss the fact that we would have been out at the fair today. Let's just get this over with. Let's just <laughs> deal with our feelings and the fact that you know, I mean, we would have been out in the beautiful sunshine sitting on the stage with the air and you guys would have been sitting in the cute little chairs with your little coffees and your mini donuts already. <laughs> it's
2: hard when the memories have been popping up on social media this week yeah. of just, you know, what things were like a year ago today. And it it is fascinating how a year ago at this time we could have never possibly imagined no. what we would be doing no. this morning, which is, you know, kind of a nice little life lesson, I guess. And yeah. a reminder to just... Eat all the good things and just have fun because you just never know what the next day is going to bring.
1: Hey, and I'm going to tell you that I am okay to feel like there's a break happening so that I don't feel like I take anything for granted. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm okay with the fact of delayed gratification and the idea that something can mean more because I can't have it necessarily right away.
2: It's just, I think it's hard and it's okay to feel like it's hard and it's sad. But here we are and people are making the best of it. And, um, you know, there are probably, you know, there's a segment of the population that doesn't have to work these 12 days. That's going to get a Labor Day weekend that they never got before. So, uh, yeah, something kind of fun there.
1: Like you. actually, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I yes. mean, let's be clear about something. This is actually a pretty good scenario for you because you're eight months pregnant. If there was a year to have a
2: surprise pregnancy, 2020 is it. So if you haven't gotten on the bandwagon with that yet, you still maybe have a little bit of time. But um, because all of the things that I really love to do that are... Harder when you're pregnant, right? Like traveling. Like I was supposed to go on a European river cruise with right. Twin Cities Live viewers this summer. I was supposed to be at Oktoberfest in Munich oh. in September, Stephanie. Oh. Like these are all the things that, that you we had, had booked. on the agenda and that we had planned and ready to go. And so when I had this surprise pregnancy, it sort of complicated some of those things. Like Oktoberfest maybe doesn't sound that fun when you're pregnant. And at that point I would have been delivering a baby anyway. So I wasn't going to get to go. Right. And then all of the things got canceled. Oh, <laughs> so God. it was sort of like a little bit of a, I mean, definitely a blessing, but also just, you go, if there was any year for this to happen, yeah, 2020 would be it. That and would be
1: it. it I know. Is, I
2: mean, And there's something, you know, I love the fair and it's so fun, but it is also a ton of work and it is, it can be really hot and a lot, for working when you work every day out there and um doing it at i mean i'm thirty six thirty almost thirty seven oh. weeks pregnant <laughs> would have been a titch of a challenge.
1: You know, the thing is, right. I mean, that's I, someone was asking me about how they're like, Oh, I bet you miss like eating all the foods on the first day. And I was like, well, (laughs) quite honestly, I'm going to be 50 next year. And you know, it's a little harder to bounce back after day one (laughs) than it used to be just a little
2: bit. Yes. But it does just feel sort of odd. Like the passing of time is hard to figure out when the things that we're so used to happening. Don't, really happen.
1: The thing that I was driving in today and I, you know, I listened to, you know, Casey Kasem, I'm not going to lie. I listened to Casey Kasem on the way in <laughs> and the top America's top 40. And the funniest thing I was thinking about is like how, um, you know, I'm like, it's going to feel so weird. And like, I'm not, I can even remember like how, you know, the fair, like thinking about how I'm going to remember like all the, the ways to walk and do all the things, you know, like having not been there for a year and then, the air supply song, All Out of Love, came on the radio. I knew every lyric. And I knew every word. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe I can remember. I think I'll remember. I think I'll be okay. I think we'll basically. get there next
2: year. Listen, all I'm doing is just crossing my fingers for next year. Yeah. And I'm just hoping for the best. And I'm going to believe in it.
1: I'm going to believe in it. I'm going to believe in it.
2: If I don't believe in it, if I don't have hope, what else do I have? Right.
1: I'm going to put the secret out there. I'm going to secret it. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to put all the vibes that are going to for- make it happen. So <laughs> that's how that works. For I am me.
2: liking how so many places locally are. Just kind of getting in on the fun of the fair, of missing the fair, and yes. kind of trying to create their own little mini nostalgic experiences. I went to Stewart's in St. Paul. Oh, stuff good! The other night before the curfew set in, this <laughs> is mm-hmm. another part of life. So, yeah, um, And I was like, okay, we got to get home by seven forty-five. But anyway, we were. um, we were there and they have a whole state fair, fair menu. And yeah. they're just this little tiny restaurant right across the
1: street from St. Thomas. Listen, I could barely keep up with all the tiny restaurants doing
2: it. Uh, it's very cute. Yeah. And they had a jalapeno cheddar corn dog. Yeah. That like about knocked our socks off. Oof. I mean, the batter is perfect. They're the good at that. The sausage is delicious. And it came out, they were like, okay, well, do you each want one? And we, I thought, oh, this is like a real corn dog. Like this isn't. Some sort of frou frou thing. Right. This is just a real corn dog, and they brought it out with only mustard on it, Stephanie, <laughs> and no other option, just mustard. <sighs> and Jay was like, "This I can respect." Yes, and we shared one, and it was absolutely delicious, and it was five bucks, and <sighs> it was fun. So it's been
1: fun to see. Yeah, there's there's definitely the grocery table in Wayzata, which is a cute little newish place that you know where Giant Baby was working, and he he was like, "You gotta come in and try the mini donuts. They're like." Legit, Are they good? Yeah. And so, and then today, we suburbs, you guys should know that the produce exchange, the peaches are out at Otten Brothers in Long Lake. And so, you know, if you want to go grab some of those peaches, if you haven't been able to get into the city yet, those are out at Otten Brothers, the nursery in Long Lake. So they're doing a whole carnival thing and they've got concessionaires. And I saw like, you know, I saw like the corn dog and the cheese curd people set up at the at the Golden Valley Brewery. And, you know, it's like they're kind of all over the place. Yeah. And so, but I will say this. I mean, and I'm kind of in that place where I'm a little bit like, it's almost too chaotic because it's too spread out and mm-hmm. it's it's hard. But I what I miss is not just, I don't just miss, you know, a cheese curd. I miss that feeling of like walking in at 7.30 or 7 o'clock to the fair in the morning and that pavement when it's cool and like you know, the breeze through the trees and like the people and getting that oil smell in the, the air, Rooster like all of that in
2: the background.
1: Yeah, all of that. The yeah. giant slide already kicking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like kids screaming at 7 a.m. I just, you know, because it's
2: true. It's not just about the taste. It's, it's not about where you consume it, because, uh, you know, you can get you can definitely get pronto pups. I'm sure other places you can, you can get she- you can get really great cheese curds at lots of great restaurants.
1: Yeah. Um, and the one thing I will say is I'm a little bit worried that I'm going to have that. We're all going to have a little bit of you know, Fatigue by the end of these twelve days for these people who are like twelve days and we're gonna do everything for twelve days. I'm like, yeah, but we can do twelve days at the fair because it's the fair. I don't think I can do twelve days of listening to you tell me about your the best cheese curds. You know what I mean? I That's just me. I might I, I might have a. Problem. I think
2: it's sort of an opportunity though to look at some of those places. Um, you know, like potluck at Rosedale's having some fun with it. Yes. They've got some fair things going on. Midtown Global Market for sure is doing um, some fun things too, where they've got hot Indian foods out there, and of course Manny's Tortas and they're kind of normal spots and um you know kind of think about strategically if there's maybe one or two places you can just zip by over yeah, the
1: next that's kind days. of what i feel like the corn roast the big thing for me is the corn roast on sunday which is happening up in maple grove at the barnes and noble it's uh, so funny you know that
2: it's location like, is so funny to me
1: i know Why well, i know because it's just a big parking lot outside world. the
2: barnes and noble and maple grove yeah
1: you know you know, up there in Parking Lot Central, where all the parking lots live. So many parking lots in
2: Maple Grove. You guys have so many places to park. There's how so much parking. You choose a spot because you're just
1: thinking, I have so many options. Yeah, there's, I mean, you could like park and walk, and you, it's like for miles. It's amazing. But they're doing it t- uh, tomorrow. And, and here's the thing with Untites, which is just, you know, the farm that supplies the corn. They grow the special corn that the corn roast guys want. I've been so wondering to, about this. Yeah, What's they're going to bring it up there corn? and three bucks a year to roast it. I mean, how great is that? Oh, gosh, I could eat like three of those. But, here's the deal kids get it to go like get get your own ear of corn your corn ears get them and stick them in the freezer and then you know my god you can have that that's like uh, that's my thanksgiving trick for cream corn have it from the summer
2: oh that's super smart yeah you can also just slice it right off the cob yeah And just freeze it it.
1: that's i know i'm not even gonna roast it i'm just gonna i'm just gonna take it right off the cob yep and then put it into a little bag with some you know just and that way, that's it. And then just freeze it, and then cook it in in November. I'm gonna win. Still <laughs> <laughs> so gonna win. All, All right, you, you guys, we're gonna take a quick break. <laughs> when we come back, we are gonna talk a little bit about uh, a little purchase I made this weekend, and I kind of put a little question on the Facebook page about maybe some Instagram purchases that you might have made. But we have a great show today. We're going to talk with Sarah Kiefer from 100 Cookies, the cookbook, The Pin, Bangin' Queen herself. I'm so excited about this book. I I
2: can't even stand it. And I have a page number to tell you that you're going to need to write down and the recipe that you have to make. Oh, excellent. Because I've been thinking about it for approximately seven months.
3: (laughs) And... I'll tell you why. It'll be
1: I good. knew listen, I knew this was gonna be a perfect matchup. Having you here and having her on, it was gonna be perfect. We're also gonna talk pizza farms. We're gonna, you know, talk sourdough starter for you and fun stuff. So just stay tuned. You guys tune in, we'll be right back. This is a weekly dish on my talk one oh seven one. Hey, everybody. It's Steph March for Common Ground, Minnesota. You know what? Food brings out the passion in people. And people love to talk about food. And so why wouldn't we talk about the people and to the people who are growing our food? We have an opportunity, you guys. Common Ground, Minnesota on Facebook is a place where women farmers are able to answer your questions about the food scene and the way that they grow food. They are ready to engage. They just want to talk about how they grow food, what they think about why they grow food, and all the things that have to do with the way that your family is eating local foods and what they're growing. Remember that you always have an opportunity to check in and chat with farmers in Minnesota at Common Ground Minnesota. It's right on Facebook. It's on Instagram. You can check them out on Common Ground, M-I-N-N. They're ready to answer any and all of your questions. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. I'm Steph March, and I am here today with Miss Elizabeth Reese. Good morning. Happy Saturday. So glad to have you here. Very happy to be here. I love getting to fill in. I know. This is such fun. This is good stuff. Um, okay. So let's talk about. Well, first of all, I would like to say, you know, just so sad about the passing of Chadwick Bozeman, oh, who was the Black Panther in all the Marvel movies. And just, you know, rest in peace. And God, it just, it kind of sat there. Jake and I sat there on the couch last night and just talked about. You know, like what an impact he had in just those two Marvel movie, you know, for us for personally. Sure. Yeah. And, and playing Jackie Robinson in 42. Yeah. And he played, uh, oh God, there's a couple others that he played that I can't remember right now, but just like amazing, you know, it's just, just a, a quiet, you know, very cool, calm, you know, presence about that man. It was so, very
2: sad to know that he didn't been battling colon cancer. And um, then he was filming during it. I know he was super young, diagnosed in 2016 Ugh. and then just died. Um, yesterday at the age of 43, which is so shocking, you know, my grandfather died really young of colon cancer and really, it is, um, it is one of those sad things. It's, and it, when it's that young, I mean,
1: you're not even getting
2: checked. It's no. like really, no, tough, I mean, so. it's just,
1: a, it's a silent sort of, you know, it's a silent deadly thing. Yeah. Ugh. If you notice anything wrong though, get in, get, get in, get house, checked, get man. Katie
2: Kirk style. Get yeah. It do it.
1: Do it. Yeah. I love it. All right. So anyway, we're sad. I'm going to totally watch Black Panther tonight. Just to be clear, I've
2: never seen it. Oh, we're just starting the Marvel movies with our kids. Oh, so um, we've actually just been watching um, the old Tobey Maguire Spider Mans okay, from the early do 2000s. Don't do that. They're Stop doing that right now. <laughs> They're really fun for kids because they're not so scary.
1: I know. I know. I mean, I remember liking them and stuff. I, the Andrew Garfield ones are fine, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not against them. I just think that Tom Holland is my favorite Spider-Man. Oh, we'll
2: get there. We just, you know, listen, we've got a long life to live here. I know. Steph.
1: And you've got, like, little ones. Like, they've got time. Oh, they're three and five. I mean, they, <laughs> we need the old school stuff. You need to start with the cartoons, man. Seriously. <laughs> All right, so here's the thing that is kind of funny to me that showed up at my door this last week. What did
2: you get suckered into? Did you have a couple of old fashions when you accidentally ordered something on Instagram? I absolutely did, yeah, 100%. And I think that
1: this is the story, is that this is happening. I'm not going to name names, but I might have been hanging out with a certain chef who might be on TV shows and stuff, and he might have said, oh my God, Instagram has now made me like a special buyer because... I'm buying so much stuff at like two AM.
2: I've gotten such random things. Last summer my favorite swimsuit was a random four AM Instagram purchase stuff. Oh my god. It doesn't fit me this summer, but hopefully it will again next I summer. I was gonna say, like
1: that's one of those things I like, get. that is literally that is a leap at yeah, four AM. I
2: got and it showed up and I was I completely forgot that I even bought it. Yep. Because your Apple Pay is connected to everything. So you can just click and go, and then oh. there you go. And um, and it turned out to be my favorite thing. So what did you buy on Instagram, and are you liking it? Because I've been seeing the ad for this nonstop. So
1: here's the funny thing. You guys... Okay, I bought the Always Pan. The Always Pan. The Always Pan. But listen up. I... I think I saw it ad for the first time. I don't think I've seen it so much. I think I saw it once and I bought it because everyone, I really thought like, oh, you know, I actually needed a new pan, but I remember thinking like, this is a little expensive. And also the last two pans that I've bought online, I've sent back because I didn't like them. And so I'm sort of sour on it. And then I just, I think, I don't even remember buying it either, but I think I must have just saw it and I was like, I'm going to get it. This Screw is it. it. So it's $145. Yeah, it's not cheap.
2: No, it's not cheap, but good pans aren't cheap. And no. they say um, that it is designed to replace eight traditional pieces of cookware. So it's a fry pan, saute pan, steamer, skillet, saucier. Yeah. A saucepan, a nonstick pan. It has a spatula that is in it, and it
1: can attach rest. to it. Well, right. the
2: one thing that I have to say about it, the look of it is very good, it's, and I love like a, a, a gorgeous Dutch oven or a yeah. beautiful
1: pan that you yeah. can
2: leave out on the stove.
1: Yeah, and the, you know what? It comes in like pink, and yeah. and of course it's called it's not called pink; it's, it's called, called something spice. else. But then like spruce and char and all this stuff, and, and, steam. and I'm just. Yeah, get me the black pan. I'm fine with that. But they did say, you know, it acts as a fry pan, a saute pan, a steamer, a skillet. It's got a little steamer basket in it, you know, and it's like nonstick and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, I, and it's non-toxic. I, you know, that was is, the big
2: thing. This is a good question because I've actually seen friends on social media. Yeah. Ask, OK, I want to get rid of my, like, toxic Teflon stuff, right. what should I replace it with? And then people weigh in. I'm a, I'm a fan of the ScanPans. I've had ScanPans for you years. You have.
1: You're the first person I've ever yeah. known to talk about them, and you've loved them ever I since. I love them. I used them this morning. I mean, I use them all the time. And this is a ceramic nonstick, so right. that's the difference. It's got no PFOAs and PTFE, whatever those are, those things that are bad. But and so that's and I don't have any nonstick that is ceramic. So that was Mm -hmm. one of the that was basically the selling point for me was like, well, I need to kind of try that anyway. Have you you cooked on it yet? So I haven't because I got it late on Thursday, and then I was working Thursday. I'd already made a huge salad for dinner, so I wasn't going to eat anything else. And then yesterday, I basically didn't have time because I was I was out pretty much all day long because I was out doing work stuff. Yeah.
2: Well, the real trick is you just got to fry an egg. And this is the thing is
1: I. I'm gonna take. I was out of eggs. I don't know what's going on. I am out of eggs. What kind of
2: operation are you running over there?
1: (laughs) If I only had chickens, because of course I don't have eggs from the store. Yeah. So
2: I know. Listen, I have chickens, and I still have to buy eggs from the store. It's brutal. I know this is true.
1: When you said that to me, when you told me that, I was like. I love that. That's, I know. I actually, hate
2: it. It makes me just bitter about the number of chickens that I'm allowed to have. Right. That's, that's the problem. I know. I know. <laughs> if I lived in the country, I'd have like 40 of them.
1: Um, can I just tell you, though, th- how surprised I was? How many people said to me, I almost bought that pen. You yeah. have to tell me if it's worth it. Everybody
2: wants to know if it's worth it. I know.
1: So this is my this is my pledge to you guys. I'm basically going to cook tonight an entire meal in it. And we're going to see how it goes. And then I'm going to also cook tomorrow's breakfast in it. So, For sure. I will be able to have a pretty good idea of, yeah. you know, what it is.
2: I think when it comes to pans, you know, and, and I think people have a lot of questions about them. I think if you can get your hands on a really great Dutch oven that you'll use for everything. I mean, my, my Le crusade sits out on the stove and I use it for everything. Right. And I actually got it doing a weekly dish broadcast. Oh, when I remember did, that. Remember at Cooks of Crocos. Yeah, I, I actually remember you going back to the tent and yeah. the garage sale and finding it. And I found it and I found it for a steal of a deal and I use it for Everything. everything and then i've got a couple of good cast iron pans and those are so cheap and so easy oh my god the cast iron by the
1: way have you the memes for the cast iron stuff lately have been real good oh, i haven't seen any oh god there's a, because it's the whole like oh i never wash my cast iron yeah. but it's like it's like this entire i can't even do it justice so i won't because it'll be like an old lady trying to tell you about a meme but it's literally the fact that people who are cast iron people are zealots yeah yeah, they're obsessed. Z- obsessed and obsessed about how they don't wash their pants.
2: Yeah, you don't. I I mean, I will use a little bit of soap. Me I will too. confess to that. But I, gotta I use tell like a non-abrasive um, <laughs> soap. You know, like I'm not using Dawn, which no. is, you know, still, I mean, they use it on ducks and oil spills. They make sure they tell you about that. So it is gentle. <laughs> that being said, I'm using like... Nothing with lots of sudsing agents in no. it so that it can just kind of clean it a little bit. No. And then the other thing that we got um, that I've used all the time is uh, it's an all clad, but it is uh, a it's a griddle that you can set right on your burners and it goes across two burners. Oh, yeah. And it's just great. My stove has where you can like remove the burners and put in a, a big cast iron griddle in it. Yeah. But that means that I have to remove these giant burners and like put it in. It just feels like such a pain to me. So I got one just to set on top and I've been using it constantly.
1: Oh, you have. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Yeah. And
2: then the two scan pans and then, you know, you have, I've got a set of, I think if you buy great cookware that you love, you're going to have it forever. I mean, the, uh, yeah. the regular pans and pots that I have were an all clad knockoff from Macy's that I, my parents got me a set when I graduated from college stuff. Yeah. It's oh, 20 wow. years ago. Wow. And I use them, I mean, I cook. It's yeah, not like actually, i cooking with them.
1: If I think about it, mine are an all-clad, but they're
2: like the lowest line of
1: all-clads. Yeah. You know yep. what I mean?
2: Mine were a knockoff that were like kind of made, you know, when they're like, the leather is
1: made in the same factory as yeah. Louis Vuitton.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is like what my pants are.
1: <laughs> You're like, they looked at an all-clad plan. Yes. You know, it was like the owner, you know, the guy who was making it knew the guy next door. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Well, there you go, you guys. I'm hoping you guys are buying some good stuff online at 2 a.m. That was so good. I <laughs> love it. I love Don't it. Me, just well, welcome back to my Talk 107 one and our super flashback bump for the weekly dish. we like to bump. We do, we do. And you know what we like to bump? We like to bump into cookies. <laughs> like if they happen to be hanging around. I I love to just run into one. I'm just gonna run into a cookie and be like, Well, hey, what's going on? <laughs> and so I'm so glad you guys that we are being joined right now by Miss Sarah Kiefer, who is on the line. Sarah, are you there? I'm
3: here. Good morning. Hello. Hi, Sarah.
1: (laughs) The only thing that would make this better is if the three of us were all sitting together in a room eating cookies together. Yes,
3: yes. I wish that was the case.
1: (laughs) Someday we will get back there. we got to make a date
2: for cookie date, I swear to God. We have to say congratulations, Sarah, because this new book is like so beautiful, so wonderful, getting such rave reviews. And it's called 100 Cookies. The baking book for every kitchen and what i love about it sarah is that you are giving bars oh, the attention and the love that they you. deserve and that is why sarah Kiefer is important to us culturally emotionally spiritually all of it
3: wow <laughs>
1: that's a lot to hold up girl i'm telling it you is. it is and so for those of you guys who have never don't know sarah and you have never been on the internet Uh, Sarah Kiefer is of course the, uh, the woman behind the local baker blogger behind the vanilla bean blog. Sarah, when did you start that?
3: Um, it's almost been 10 years ago.
1: God, isn't that crazy?
3: Yes. I mean, that doesn't seem that long, but I started it right after my son was born and he's. He's going to be 11 in October. I know. know.
2: know, The nice thing about Sarah that I think is so important to point out, and I have like utmost respect for all bloggers because it's so much work to put out a blog, but you are a pastry chef turned blogger. So there's a lot of intention with your recipes. It's not just a matter of like kind of throwing things together and seeing what works. Your precision is over the top. Why is that important to you?
3: Um, Well, it's important. I, I've, Baked through books that um, the re- like the recipes haven't made sense or the sorry I'm stuttering this morning um, the cookies haven't turned out and so I really feel it's important to have really um, well tested recipes that people can go into and know that it works.
1: Yeah, it's and that is like the idea of of blogs to book. I think has been you know something that's kind of been a trend and and people kind of. You know, they kind of jump on because they see relevance and they see popularity. But I love the fact that this is the truth behind this is that you are, you know, you're a spectacular baker. Like, you know how to bake. And it's not it's not just flash, I think. And that's such a gift to people who really love to bake. Oh, thank you. Well, and the hard part is that you, of course, we have to talk about the cookie herd across the internet because yes. literally Sarah is sort of responsible for all the pan banging that you may have seen. Those beautiful, flat, rippled chocolate chip cookies that, you know, they're called the pan banging cookies. That's that's the Sarah Kiefer technique, man, right there. And she kind of went viral. Tell us a little bit about what it was like to go viral because you actually wrote a letter that I posted in MSP Mag a, a while ago, but it's still kind of relevant to your experiences.
3: Yeah, so I didn't expect this cookie to be a thing. Um, I almost didn't even put it in the cookbook. It was in my first book um, because it's kind of tedious to sit and lift a pan and drop it in the oven every two minutes. I yes. thought, Nobody's going to want to do this. Right. So I really, I I kind of like tedious things. Like I'm way into British chatty novels and whatnot. So this like went, was right up my alley. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, And so I had made them, and my husband and my kids just loved them. And then um, I was working on a book with Zoe Francois and Jeff Hertzberg. I work with them over at Bread and Five. Yeah. And so she had tried it and was like, you have to put this in your book. She really liked it. So um, I was like, okay. Didn't think anybody would ever make them. (laughs) (laughs) And then people started making them. They just started showing up all over the Internet. And then the New York Times, um, a reporter there started following me and did a Uh, article on them, and then they kind of took off. And so all of a sudden, they were just on every news channel. I remember just, like, people were sending me news clips of newscasters all over the country talking about them. It was just totally overwhelming and wild. And then it kind of became like I was the mom cookie lady who made these cookies, and it was kind of framed as, like, this this mom actually can bake, and she (laughs) made a cookie that went
1: viral. And so it was just sort of this weird...
3: I don't even know the word for it, but it was just like a weird
1: well, because then, bubble that I was in. Yeah, and it kind of became... And that was... We talked about how it was... You know, the New York Times didn't necessarily give you the right kind of credit. And then, you know, it was in your first book. It's not like it translated into like a million sales out of your first book. Right. Because it happened nope. that way. But the idea that it's like it's something that you make that is a a small piece of what you do goes out there and becomes suddenly the definition of who you are is something that is a very modern and bizarre thing.
3: Yes. Yeah. Just, I'm the pan banging lady.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Instead of this accomplished, you know, pastry chef who has been doing cakes and breads and all sorts of things, you know, along the way. Well, I think that's what happens when we
2: get into like this little snippet culture, because obviously, you know, I, I mean, Speaking like, of course, we had you on Twin Cities Live to make the cookies and we've had you on before and after many times. But when you don't give something a little some proper time, right, you don't give it the conversation that it deserves. Right. It just becomes right about that one little thing. But that being said, I do think it's it It had to be fun to see people who maybe never thought about trying a recipe and then they get out there and they do it. And and people are super successful. Like you always post pictures of their their success is making these pan baking cookies and they turn out great, which means it's a great recipe. Yeah.
3: Right. And I do like I appreciate being able to have the recipe out there. I'm not trying to sound ungrateful. Like of course I appreciate it. You know, it's it's so cool to see people making this and loving
1: it. Absolutely. And in fact, this is the thing is like so what I love about it is that one you know, that kind of like cracked a door open for you to be able to then talk about things, you know, that are and to p- put this book out this 100 cookies so that we could also have white chocolate, rosemary and apricot cookies. Oh, like, like I want raspberry rye cookies like these are the cookies I I want to take your pan banging and then I want also espresso caramel blondies from you, you know. So for me, it's just a door opener. That's so,
2: exciting. Sarah, This so the book 100 Cookies, did you do all the photography for it too? I did, Yeah, it, it looks like your style, which has to feel so good. And I want you to know if you want, you know, because people love like a beautiful cookbook to sit out. This is totally that book with like just the right amount of rustic feel to it. I love that the pages are matte and not shiny. Yeah. Um, I love that there are photos with everything, but they're not too frou frou photos. It really focuses on just what the final product is going to look like. And Sarah and I have baked together many times for my 12 Days of Cookies series on Twin Cities Live. Yes. And then Steve, my co-host, always gives us a hard time because Sarah um, will bake bars and then call them a cookie. And I say, that is acceptable, Steve. (laughs) Chill out. And the reason is because these bars are so good. So I want to make sure that everyone is directed to page 46 in their textbook, which is 100 Cookies by Sarah (laughs) Keeper. Because the cream cheese pumpkin pie bars, Sarah, are in this book, and remember how I lost my mind over the cream cheese pumpkin pie bars when we made them together?
3: Yes, I do remember very clearly. They are <laughs> unbelievable,
2: Stephanie. And, really? And just today, you okay. know, when you wake up and it you see like it's sixty five degrees outside you can feel the little crisp shift happening today the pumpkin spice lattes are out don't go and get a pumpkin spice latte just make these bars they're unbelievably good
1: (laughs) oh my god and it is on page 129 just to let you know it's it's recipe recipe number 46 46. thank you yeah but this (laughs) is like and this is so sarah what is your favorite recipe in this book right now oh gosh i know sorry that's a hard question it is Um, always
3: yeah oh go ahead no go ahead Okay, I really love the brown butter chocolate chip cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They've become a favorite of mine because you can make them up to two days ahead of time and hold them in the fridge and then bake them off. Oh, great. And it develops some flavor, and they just are, they're just they are so good warm out of the oven.
2: Oof. That does sound Okay, good. that's fabulous. What about a bar? I mean, what yeah. do you think is, like, the winner? What's going to crush the bake sale
1: of a bar here?
3: Um, Well, I really like the strawberry creme fraiche streusel bars.
1: Yes, Mm. I was looking at those.
3: Yeah, they're really creamy, and the strawberry flavor has both strawberries and freeze-dried strawberries in them, so the flavor is really strong and bright, and they're really good. (laughs)
1: Creme fraiche, which is underused in my book. I love a good creme fraiche anything, and I'm super Mm -hmm. excited about that.
2: It's the bars that are so beautiful and fun and elevated and I think will so resonate with people from the Midwest I also love that you have just a classic perfectly done Scotcharoo recipe oh, in here yes. Sarah because I think yeah that that's one of them that people can may, might google and then see a thousand different ideas of how to make Scotcharoos online and it's best to just go with a tried and true classic recipe which is what you did what stands out about your Scotcharoos do you think
3: um, well, I really like. Some people don't put butterscotch in them, and I think that you need the butterscotch yeah. chips. Yes. God,
2: people don't put butterscotch in them. Really? Butterscotch is underutilized. And, it's underappreciated, and it should go yeah. on strike.
1: That's seriously. Otherwise, you're not scotcharoos. <laughs> right, right.
3: But I've seen people not use them, and I was like, you have to put the butterscotch chips.
1: Is there anything? I that think do- people
3: like kind of sneer at butterscotch chips. Like they they do. aren't used a lot. Oh, gosh
2: it's so wrong that's so wrong
3: it is
1: is is there anything in here that you were like maybe on the fence about including um yeah I wasn't gonna
3: put um some of the brown I like the brownies because it feels like should I put all these brownies in here but then I was like yes they are cookies yes
2: (laughs) (laughs) you did you took that stand man and then the pan banging cookie recipe is in here too so, yeah, it's nice to know mm-hmm. that if you don't have the first cookbook and then you fell in love with the pan banging idea and you want more um, more cookies. Yeah. It, and there's different varieties, too, because you can use that same technique with not just chocolate chip cookies.
1: No, it's like there's a whole section of pan bangers. I swear to God. That's so great.
3: Yep.
1: Awesome. All right, Sarah. Well, thank you so much. I Thanks for coming on. 100 Cookies, the baking book for every kitchen. It's available now. Right. Anywhere. Are you going to be, yeah. I mean, there's no longer, I was like, are you going to be out signing? But I guess that doesn't happen anymore right now. No,
3: it doesn't happen anymore. I'm doing a couple virtual things that are being set up right now, but I will post about them on my Instagram and
1: website. And we
2: have you, so you on Twin, Twin Cities that. Live too. Do you know what day, Sarah, since I don't?
3: We haven't set a date yet. I'm still um, chatting with... Um, with our producer?
2: Okay. Brittany. sorry. <laughs> yeah.
3: No, you're good. We'll get, yes. um, we'll get Sarah on Twin,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Twin Cities Live soon too, because um, we want to talk about it and see what she's making in her kitchen. But yeah. I'm telling you people... This is the book that you need.
1: This is this is going to carry you not only into fall but into think about it. This is a Christmas gift like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Seriously. Fabulous. All right, you guys, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Thanks, Sarah. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Uh like guess what? It's the ask Stephanie portion of the show. So you want to give us a call 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. We're here to answer your questions about gosh, we can talk about cookies, we can We can talk about restaurants, we can talk about eating out, we can talk about recommendations because I have Elizabeth Reese with me on today. Good morning. And I mean, we could talk about gardens, we could talk about whatever questions you have. We are ready to answer them, basically, yeah, hopefully, I know. <laughs> um, might get can stumped. I? I'll ask you quickly though. Uh, someone wanted to know what kind of knives you like to use. A uh, Hanson had talked a couple oh. weeks ago about some knives, some Cuisinart, you know, knives that she just uses, some ceramic blades. Yeah. Someone was wondering what knives that Elizabeth Reese uses. I
2: have Wusthof knives. You do? Yeah, and I just have a couple of them, and they're basic. And um, I, I think I registered for a couple new ones for our wedding, and um, and that's what I use. And then the trick is just whatever you have to keep them sharp and that's the hardest part what
1: do you do you
2: have have like a a little electric sharpener you do yeah we have one and um and luckily i hate using it i just i don't like the feel of it or the sound of it or anything like that yeah um but my husband jay will do it anytime so i'll be like hey can you sharpen the knives then he for some reason finds it to be a fun task so i should probably ask him that today
1: (laughs) I have to tell you that that's like when Matt comes home, my son, Matt, yeah. whenever he goes right to my, he goes right to my thing and he goes, your knives are horribly dull. Like,
2: horrible. And he just, he just
1: right away, he hones them on the steel. I would like to be a person who takes them
2: regularly to get them professionally
1: and sharpened. True, me too. Yeah, and I will tell you that I just gave my friend, our photographer, Caitlin, she asked me and I told her, so it kind of, it's funny that this all flowed in, but if you go to Eversharp, which Mm -hmm. is in northeast Minneapolis. It's right across from Norseman Distillery. I'm not saying you can have a cocktail on the patio while you're waiting, (laughs) but I'm just saying. And you can go there, and they'll just sharpen them for you. They will. They just, and it's so easy. Hey, we have a caller on the line. We have Christy on the line. Christy, what's going on today?
3: Hi. Well, I'm taking my youngest back to college, but listening to you guys as we pack, (laughs) and um, also I wanted to say, Elizabeth, I'm the person who sent you um, the Chicken Mama hat Oh my gosh! Because <laughs> it was the cutest thing, and That's I thought so of you.
2: It's a chicken so anyway. hat that says "Chicken Mama" on oh, it. Oh, cute! It's really great. It's going to be another online purchase. You people are costing me a fortune. Yeah, exactly. Me these suggestions.
3: <laughs> so my question was: I'm wondering if you guys have ever um, frozen zucchini to use later on, and if so, how did you do it? Yeah.
2: I do it all the time, Steph. You probably do it too, don't you? I
1: don't. I just, I don't think I've ever frozen it now that you're saying it. I've only ever just, I eat it. I always do it and I just (laughs) shred it.
2: So I shred it and and I use my food processor to shred it and I do the the shredding attachment on it and I just run it through and then I don't even obsess over like water. I just put it into quart bags. I measure it out and then I label the quart Ziploc bags with what it is and then it's great because you can pull it out i mean because i can basically what i like to do with zucchini in the winter is um i I like adding it to meatballs you can also add it to of course zucchini bread even just throwing it in a soup or especially any kind of blended soup that you're gonna do yeah you can just put it in and you don't have to worry about it being cooked you don't have to blanch it before i just freeze it raw and and then I have it forever. I occasionally will find a bag in my freezer from like four years ago. Oh, God, really? <laughs> okay, I need to do a little freezer inventory yeah. here.
3: That is perfect. Thank you yeah, so much. You're welcome.
2: Good, good luck day. with the college move back. Yeah, oh gosh, good luck. Oh, thank day. you. <laughs> good
1: boy. I tell you what, that is a hard one. That is, a lot of a lot of people are doing that this weekend. They're heading their kids back. I saw a couple friends of mine posting from different schools across the country, and they're all driving, you know, and know. they're with all their stuff. And, and it's, it's just different.
2: Every place. You never whew. know what you're going to get. So I know.
1: hang in there, guys. I know. So, okay, remember you guys, 651 641 1071 is the number to call if you guys have any questions or if you have any uh comments you want to make or if there's anything that you need to any recommendations um i will tell you also oh we do have linda we have linda okay. on the line hey linda what's going on today
0: well i just wanted to let let you folks know that um any lungs and barley's if you take your uh, knives into the meat department they'll sharpen them for you what? that's great do you have to pay for, for it for free oh, oh for free look at that so You can take up to two knives at a time. Great. And and, uh, I kept the little sleeves. You know, you write your name and number on them, and like two days later, you pick them back up, and they do a fantastic job. Okay, that's really terrific.
1: Linda, that is serious, important intel. Thank you so much for calling. (laughs) That's awesome. God, I love it. it. I love it, Linda. That's really great. That's really perfect. And that's the thing is, like, sometimes you just need a little help with that, and I have to say that like people who are afraid of sharp knives who would think, oh, I'm going to cut myself. Trust me, you're going to cut yourself way more because you're having to work harder. Yeah. If your knife is dull and you're going to get it's it doesn't it's so beautiful when you have it. And you can tell the difference. The minute you go from the dull knife that you've been laboring on to like a slick sharp knife that just slices. Oh,
2: when we have chefs in the Twin Cities Live Kitchen who bring their own knives, which every chef does. Yeah. Um, other times we're using the knives that we have shoved in the back kitchen <laughs> and it's like the chefs, I'm going, holy moly. Yeah. You could just machete something so I know. easily with this. There's, you feel like you could. And it's amazing when you can just slice through a tomato easily oh. with a non-serrated knife. I mean, it, then you know that it's so sharp.
1: I feel like that's the moment where I'm like, Oh, this is not, this needs a little help because if I can't cut like aroma, yeah. I'm like, there's a, there's a problem. There's a problem. There's a problem. Hey, we have Angela on the line. Angela, what's going on today? Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. I was
2: wondering about the um, the corn um, deal at in Maple Grove, the yeah. Barnes & Noble tomorrow. You, there, you, there's a way to pre-order, but I have no idea how you pre-order corn to take home.
1: You just do so. it online, and it's. All, you know what? We'll put the link up on the uh, Weekly Dish Facebook page for you because it's just oh. Untites, but they just have a summer celebration link to it. So oh, okay, you just okay. the okay got be perfect. Thanks, Angela. Good luck. We'll be right back, you guys for hour two. Stay tuned. We got lots of good chatter coming up with Elizabeth Therese and Steph March We'll be right back. This is a weekly dish.